this edition of Kiwi Tripsters, All Eyes on Christchurch. Join us as we explore Christchurch, its food, its culture and scenic adventures and why you should make Christchurch your base camp for exploring the wider region across Canterbury and the West Coast. Welcome back to Kiwi Tripsters. Buckle up and take off to spectacular destinations as we continue our journey and share the inside word on all things travel. Whether it's luxury travel or backpacking on a budget, whether it's cruising or foodie trips, we've got you covered with top tips and tricks so you can have an amazing travel experience. And now, over to your hosts, Mike Yardley and Chris Lynch. Welcome aboard Kiwi Tripsters, I'm Mike Yardley. And I'm Chris Lynch. Welcome to our brand new launch of a new season. Yes, season two. Our first season of 20 episodes exceeded all of our expectations, we have to say. We've had tens of thousands of unique browsers to our episodes. In fact, at last count, over 150,000. So thank you for so fast making us New Zealand's number one rated most listened to travel podcast. Thank you so much and may it continue and of course halfway through season one our world dramatically changed as COVID-19 took hold not just of New Zealand but in many parts of the globe and it continues today. So the content of this podcast has been firmly focused on rediscovering New Zealand. Absolutely. And to launch season two, we thought we would celebrate our hometown of Christchurch that uh, Chris and I both live in and the extraordinary array of day trips and side trip possibilities across Canterbury and the West Coast that make Christchurch such a fantastic base camp for wider exploration. And it really is a great place to live. I love living here. I feel grateful to be living in a place where it feels peaceful it's respectful, and we have a good time. And there are so many different things you can actually do in this city. And Mike, I know you've been playing literally tourist, Mr. Tourist, in your own hometown quite extensively. You've been covering a range of experiences, the old, the new. You've been your own visitor, and you've been on a cycle, my friend. (laughs) Well, I do have a bike in the garage, Chris, but yes, I went on a city cycle tour uh, with Stu Waddle from Chill. Um, and it's a surefire way to get up to speed with the tale of the tape uh, from the 10 years of post-quake redevelopment in Christchurch. So if you haven't been in the city for a while, I really do recommend it as a, as a great introductory to our new city. Stu actually shifted to Christchurch um, not that long ago from Wellington, and he actually decided to come down here because he was so allured by Canterbury's great outdoors and he didn't actually expect to fall in love with the city itself. But uh, the, the whole post-quake evolution of Christchurch has enraptured him. And obviously, many people will know that as part of the rebuild of Christchurch City, and it's something that Chris talks about on his radio show regularly, uh, we've got quite an obstacle course of cycleways in the central city, which can drive motorists crazy. Um, but given you know how much money's been spent on the new city cycle lane network, it does actually make sightseeing by bike a breeze. So I thought as a local, uh, as a ratepayer, we might as well use them. Hence why I went 
on this bike tour with Stu, Chris? Nothing wrong with the bike lane. I think the issue was the fact that some of them look just a bit too sparkly. But anyway, we are one of the flattest cities on earth, so it makes sense. It does make sense. Let's uh, concentrate on the positive stuff. So how long is this tour with Stu? Well, it's a two-hour long tour, and um, it actually ends up casting a giant figure of eight configuration across the city centre. And he does a really good job in threading together like a highlights reel of old and new Christchurch landmarks. His storytelling is masterly. And what really stands out as you wend your way around the city centre is the street art, the public art that has really redefined the city centre's fabric. You've got all of those amazing wall murals, and every summer particularly they are refreshed and there's more added uh, to the range. Um, and then all of the striking public art installations like Michael uh, Parakofi's powerful bronze sculpture of a bull standing on a piano. It's called Chapman's Homer. You'll see it right outside the Christchurch Art Gallery. And that really captured Christchurch's heart shortly after the quakes. But despite living in Christchurch, I hadn't previously appreciated so many of the hidden gems that stud the city centre, and um, Stu does a great job in unearthing these on his touring route. Okay, like what? Well, a really good example is Solidarity Grid. Have you heard of this grid, Chris? No, I haven't. So down North Hagley Park in Park Terrace, just past the George Hotel, edging the park, this public art installation of 21 street lamps. Oh, yes, I know what you mean now. I didn't know yeah. its name, though. Yeah, I never knew it was called mm. that. I had thought, oh, that's some um, foreign-looking street lamps we've got on the side of the road there. But, yeah, they are from 21 cities around the world. They were gifted to Christchurch as a gesture of solidarity, of mm. goodwill. Are they you sister know? cities, aren't they? Uh, well, some, some of them are, yeah. yeah. Adelaide's there, Seattle's there, they're sister cities. Um, but then um, some other donor cities include, you know, some of the really big cities of the world. Mexico City, um, Wuhan is there, uh, St. Moritz, Boston, Sydney, they've all uh, gifted their own street lamp um, to this uh, public art collection. It's very cool. It is actually cool. It's one of those things that if you drive past and blink, you'll miss it. So yeah. it, is, it is nice. These types of tours can actually remind you some yes. of the cool stuff here, right? That is true. By the way, the Chinese ones are the most ostentatious. They are the most, look at me, look at me, I'm a bling bling street lamp. Nothing wrong with a bit of bling. Now, can you go through the Botanic Gardens? Does he tour through there? Because that's one of my favourite places to go. Oh my goodness, it's like such a wonderland, isn't it? And uh, yeah, we uh, went through the Botanic Gardens uh, close to the Daffodil Woodland. Now, of course, in a few weeks' time, through September and October, that woodland will be spellbinding if you're coming to Christchurch. It will look like something straight out of a William Wordsworth poem. But the reason Stu led me through the woodland is there is this absolutely amazing urban treasure right next to the woodland. It's called Flora and Otto, and it's this throne-like stone armchair and ottoman, lovingly mosaic with broken china, which was all crowdsourced from Christchurch households shortly after the quakes. It weighs a whopping two tons, this art installation. Um, and 
a terrible confession to make, Chris, but it was the first time I had seen it, even though it's actually been in the Botanic Gardens for nearly a decade. And very close by, another little gem, this large rock called a money stone, placed at the foot of a Himalayan pine tree in the Botanic Gardens, and that was actually planted by the Dalai Lama. I had no idea. Yeah, amazing, eh? That is pretty cool. Now, as the new city centre takes shape, there are some funky little pockets that have been popping up. Um, again, you have been to the Salt District too, which is really cool. I think this is the star specimen. And um, as you sort of head to the south side of the city centre, you might think, oh, this is all a bit orchestrated and a bit contrived. Some of these new names they're giving particular neighbourhoods in the city centre. But the Salt District, which takes its name from St. Tassive, Litchfield, Chewham Street um, is a fantastic wee precinct. Um, Probably the rock star resident of the area is a place you will see Chris Lynch at often, the lip-smacking Little High Eatery Emporium. Um, And then clustered around Little High, uh, you've got lots of uh, mixed-use buildings sprouting up with boutiques and boho eateries on the ground floor, offices and apartments on the upper floors. Um, So it's very much a microcosm of New Christchurch. Lots of really cool eye-catching murals in the area. Um, And at Little High, by the way, the place that I really enjoyed I went to recently, Eight Grains. So you can sort of rock up to where the chefs are at work, um, have a teapot cocktail, and nosh on some seriously delicious dumplings. I completely agree with you when it comes to Eight Grains. A lovely um, couple own that place. Yeah. And in the good old days when I used to do Eber Eats, I don't anymore. (laughs) <laughs> I will go to Eight Grains. They do the most amazing custard buns. Yes. Very Absolutely. Asian style, aren't yes. they? Yes. Very Hong Kong-ish. Very, oh, just beautiful. Yeah. And um, what about the river? Because the river is one of our main features of the city. It has. And it's definitely been given more accentuation as part of the rebuild of Christchurch. I took a cultural and culinary meander along the city promenade, which flanks the Avon River. What, you started eating the eels? Well, you can sort of eat as you go. Yeah, absolutely. Can it's you? sort of It's sort of like an urban food safari. Um, and Kate and Rewai Grace from Amaki Tours, they run this little meander. Um, so what it does is it gives you a really good chance to dip into the city's multicultural narrative. A lot of the, uh, the new design elements, like those Fakari mats, those mats of welcome, which have all been done, you know, in beautiful sort of Maori design mosaics. Um, um, and some of the creative Maori businesses that are now operating in the city centre, the Kombucha Girls at Riverside Market, that's a really successful, runaway successful uh, Maori-owned business. And they also do a nighttime kai safari, um, Amaki Tours, which is like a progressive dinner, uh, threading together a string of eateries, uh, around the city centre with seasonal shed plates. One of the venues, which is really popular, Anati, and you can dine at the chef's table with an intimate view of the theatre of the kitchen. And it's also a great way, yeah, to just decipher the plethora of Māori design elements that have sort of redefined the city centre's fabric. You're with Kiwi Tripsters as we explore our hometown of Christchurch, New Zealand. Now, Mike and I both absolutely love the Christchurch Port Hills that rise up 
uh, and you can see you can basically see not just the city but right towards the Southern Alps or of course to Littleton Harbour depending on what way you go and it's fair to say in the summertime I'm, I'm basically up there every day because it is so good for one's mental health I really mean that Mike and you know that I'm, I almost become a bit maniacal with it don't I? You do well you become a maniacal about a manner of things Chris <laughs> to be honest but uh, yeah both of us live at the foot of the Port Hills and um, they are very much part of our backyard. Chris will often, of course, um, try and lose a bit of weight by walking the bridal path, which is a yeah. hell of a slog uphill, I have to say. How many times do you reckon you've done it? I would hate to think, but probably in the thousands, I would say. Yeah, yeah. because, I mean, over summer you would do that, what, three or four times a week? Every day. Oh, there you go. Yeah, but I, I'm like a, I'm like an old man. I need a routine, so straight yeah. after lunch, straight away. But I'll tell you one thing, though. What I love about it is I'm not very spiritual, but by the time you get to the very top, you can look down, you feel exhausted, but you feel happy, you feel relaxed, and you look down at all the plebs down there, the walking up. It is a really nice feeling once you've got it done. You Do know? you channel the early settlers as you head up and down? Oh, yes, I, I take the grand piano on my shoulder and away <laughs> we go. But actually, that's a really good point because there's lots of beautiful um, displays and that information paid, panels yeah, that yeah. paid tribute to our European settlers, which is just lovely, and it's so nice to be able to see that. Um, you know, the people that helped create such a wonderful city. Absolutely. Um, I took a walk recently with Nicole Elwood, who runs Crater Rim Walks, and we headed to Godly Head, uh, so right down the eastern end of the Port Hills. And that Godly Head Loop track is quite an incredible mm. uh, journey, not just for the magnificent scenic views, but once again, for the history. And Nicole <clears throat> brought along um, a whole lot of drinks and eats, so it was a very uh, luxurious affair. Uh, she runs a variety of bespoke tours on the Crater Rim walkway network uh, atop the caldera of our ancient shield volcano. Um, but from Godly Head, you have got the most exalted views along Littleton Harbour on a sunny day. That harbour just shimmers like a diamond. Mm, it does. Um, and I love the sort of light tanned landscape of Banks Peninsula with the tussocks, that basalt rock that reminds you of the the volcano mm. uh, backstory. Um, it really is a painterly landscape. And to the west, when you're up at Godly Head, you've got that panorama over the golden sands of Taylor's Mistake, which the surfies love, of course, Scarborough, and you can see the city's sort of patchwork sprawled out in front of you. But Nicole really brings the headland to life with so many anecdotes um, as we strolled along the trail. And it's so rich in history as well, and not just that, but even when you're up the Christchurch Port Hills, it's quite remarkable to think that, you know, million years ago, it looked exactly the same. Yeah, that's true. You know? Although it had more trees before uh, Europeans decided to build a few houses on the flat, courtesy of the forest. But something which I learned recently, Chris, when I was up uh, at Godley Head with Nicole, is when you look down at the harbour entrance into Littleton from Godley Head, there are German-laid mines that are still lurking in yeah. the vast depths of that seabed. So this dates back to World War II, and there have been numerous attempts uh, by, like our a Navy, uh, to identify the specific location. But they continue to elude our Navy divers. But, yeah, very deep down, there are some German mines. Um, dovetailing with the 75th anniversary of the end of World War II this year, the gun emplacements 
at uh, the Godly Head Coastal Defence Battery were given um, a major refresh with some superb wall murals by Wongi Wilson, who actually painted the side of my fish and chip shop down the road as well um, quite recently. Uh, absolutely superb street artist. And his murals are a tribute to the Home Guard, particularly the women who operated the whole compound back in wartime. It is interesting when you are walking around that godly head area to think how close New Zealand was to war. Yeah. And how lucky we got. Yeah. The fact that we thought that we were close to, you know, the enemy line. And we had Germans lurking in our water laying Mm. bombs. Mm. Incredible stuff, really. (laughs) Um, What about the connection to or with Scott's expedition to the South Pole? Well, I think this is absolutely stirring. So up at Godley Head, there is this relic from Captain Scott's ill-fated polar expedition, uh, one of the prefabricated huts that travelled to and from Antarctica on the ship Terra Nova has now been permanently located on the headland. And you can climb the stairs onto the roof balcony of this hut for even more elevated views. But after the Terra Nova returned to Littleton, uh, Scott was dead, and his grieving wife Kathleen actually stayed in the hut after it was first assembled in Sumner. Um, Scott's dog handler has also stayed in this hut. Kathleen, the wife, she learned of her husband's death on the voyage out here from the UK. And soon after arriving, uh, she was commissioned to sculpt that magnificent memorial statue of Captain Scott, which you can admire on the city promenade by Worcester Boulevard. Another great attraction on the Port Hills is unquestionably the Christchurch Adventure Park and sort of the zip line. Mike, explain. Well, I only lost my zipline virginity about seven weeks ago at the Christchurch Adventure Park. The park boasts a four zipline adventure tour, including the nation's highest and longest ziplines. You've done it, Chris. You survived. How would you rate it? In terms of a thrilling experience, 10 out of 10. In terms of being scared, 20 out of 10. Right. I thought I was okay with heights, but I went there. It was a beautiful, crystal clear, I think it was a spring day, but a little bit windy on the highest ridge Mm -hmm. from one hill to the other. Very massive, very long drop. We were recording for uh, a video that I was making, and you can actually hear me say on the video, oh, I don't like this, because I was so petrified. (laughs) But there, I mean, apart from that one, uh, the zip line I enjoyed the most was the final ride down, which takes you all over the forest land yeah. um, and straight back down to uh, the base of the adventure park. It is thrilling. It is a little bit scary, I've got to say, but what an experience. From my understanding, you are about 400 metres, maybe even a bit more, I high think more, more. above sea level um, on some of those zip lines. It really is. You do feel like an eagle, a soaring eagle. Did you eagle. feel scared? A little scared? Yes. I, <laughs> I only did... Um, the longest zip line, which is 1.1K. Oh, you didn't do the whole lot? I didn't do the four zips. I just did the long one, is the long the, ride. Would that be the, the highest one? Where you, well, it one? is quite high because to get to it, you, you know, and you'll remember this, you go up Dyer's Pass Road. Mm. You are just below the Summit Road. Mm. So from my understanding, the Summit Road is about 400 metres above sea level. So that's where you start the long ride, which hurtles you down into Kashmir Valley. 
um, past those trees. And you do. You feel like you're soaring like an eagle. Um, but when I got to the platform <laughs> to actually, actually – Actually, no, you didn't do then. You didn't do the highest one, you cheeky sod. I didn't do the highest you did one. The, you did the, 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 the nicest one. Well, I don't know about that. It went like a bullet train. Um, you That's can, the lovely one. Oh, you, you can sh- muster top speeds of 85K. Yeah. On that long ride, I enjoyed. I enjoyed that. If that's the the, the long ride, obviously that's the final one. Right, that is the best one because you feel safest. The one before that, yes. is the highest one. It and is, and it, I saw it. I didn't ooh. do it. I only did the long ride because you were too scared. I wanted the downhill run. I wanted to get yeah. back to the base. But yeah, um, I did actually quietly think to myself as I joined the long ride at the at the platform. Ah, can I chicken out of this? And I thought that would be humiliating. So I just took a deep breath and boof, we're off. And you absolutely rocket over those trees, don't you? Yeah, you do. As you hurtle your way down to Kashmir Valley. It is incredible. Exhilaration guaranteed. I think I had adrenaline in my body for probably three days after that. And the thing is, um, the lighter you are, yeah. the slower it goes, apparently. Yes. Because there's not enough, you know, weight to try and push it along. Yes. So was your ride quite a doddle? Um, no, but the, the young chap behind me at one stage, I thought it was going to stop midway through for him. I thought <laughs> that would just be absolutely petrifying <laughs> to the point where he had to start kind of trying to push himself towards the edge. But no, sometimes, yeah. you know, they do require somebody to get a big long stick to help pull them through. Or yes. pull them. Anyway, it is it is lots of fun. It's a must uh, attraction for Christchurch. It On is. a beautiful summer day, you take the the chairlift up, stunning views of all of Christchurch. Mm. Um Go do it. it Absolutely. And, of course, they've got incredible mountain bike trails at the Christchurch Adventure Park as well. So you really will have a whale of a time there. You, you will. Coming up, we're going to talk about my favourite subject, food in Christchurch, and there's plenty of it. That is next. Stay tuned. Kiwi Tripsters will be right back after this break. Spring is coming and we'd love you to make a date with Christchurch. Come and explore our world. The revitalised city of Christchurch is your purpose-built base camp for wider exploration. Across Christchurch, Canterbury and the West Coast, we'll put the adventure into your Kiwi holiday. From urban food safaris, knockout street art, world-beating walks and premium ski fields, to the highest mountains, heart-stealing towns, thermal pools and jaw-dropping glaciers. When was the last time you really explored Christchurch? For more inspiration, head to ChristchurchNZ.com. You're with Kiwi Tripsters, and Mike and I, while we've been strolling around the streets of Christchurch, not in a weird way though, just exploring our own home city, and I love it here, you know that, um, I love the riverside, it's great when it comes to food, it's basically what I would call the crown jewels of the central city, it opened, uh, what, when did it open, it was late last year now, Mike? Yeah, it was, yeah, it seems so long ago. It is great, isn't it? It's just great. It's always busy too. Always busy now. I mm. thought mm, maybe this is a summer thing and it's going to subside, but a lot of foot traffic, which is so good for them. Yeah, that's true. And obviously, yeah, with any new attraction that opens, you think, oh, is there just a bit of novelty value about it? But mm. uh, the Riverside market just keeps on keeping on. It really is the central city's anchor. Uh, and I think you'll just find yourself as a visitor returning to that market time and time again while you're free roaming Christchurch 
on your own urban safari, it is such a cradle of temptation. And you do need to um, sort of battle your wills not to make a complete piggy yourself when you go there because um, the emporium of treats, of goodness and decadence in equal measure is just all around you. But yeah, it's been such a roaring success. And it's not really just a trading post. I think it's actually taken on the stature of a grand community hub. It's our meeting place now. Yeah, it has. And it's worth it too. I think for many of us, including myself and you know my flatmate and probably yourself too, when I go there, I've got a few favourite places. For, yep. me, it's one, for me, it's um, the Vietnamese uh, out there place there. We can get a beautiful chicken roll. I'm because I can pretend to feel healthy. I like the Ben and Jerry's. I like the staff. They're you know great to talk with. Yeah. Um, what are your some of your favourite stops? Well, one of the old timers that has relocated to Riverside Market that many people will remember from over the years in Christchurch, Dimitri's. I love a good souvlaki. Um, but um, some of the uh, the newbies that have uh, certainly wowed the crowds at Riverside Market. I think the butcher's mistress is just amazing for the way that they uh, prepare and present their meats. They're so intense. Red, so you know it's fresh off the hoof. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, and they are sticklers for locally sourced meats, whether it's Canterbury lamb or free farmed pork or South Island venison. They were doing a very cool thing with legs of lamb marinating in Coca Cola when I was there last time, which is a very big thing apparently in the US. Uh, to use the Coca-Cola. Um, but yeah, a really inventive merchant, the butcher's mistress. Um, I really like Charing Cross Cheesery for their artisanal sheep milk delights. The Bohemian Bakery, I find, is temptation overload uh, and cured uh, for their handcrafted gourmet salami. I absolutely love that place. And I'm a real sucker when it comes to donuts. The Donut Dispensary... My goodness, mm. Krispy Kreme don't have a patch on these guys, and their Boston creams are scoffing bliss, I reckon, Chris. Yeah, I agree with that. There's lots of decent to ethnic food booths to explore yeah. all around, especially um, around the perimeter. Yes, there are. Um, Dosa Kitchen, I checked out recently, uh, and I didn't know this, but a dosa is a South Indian savoury pancake, and these are really so popular. Good. Aren't they good? Yeah. Mm. Uh, fermented batter, um, soaked rice and lentils. So they're vegan, they're gluten-free, they're very on trend. Um, I mentioned the kombucha girls as well, a stellar little business. Um, they've got lots of vegetarian treats there as well, but their flavour hit kombucha drinks are really, really cool. Just fabulous flavours so you can snap up some bottles to go. And if you want a slightly more formal experience, I suppose, or more of a restaurant vibe, yeah. the Terrace has that too. There are some wonderful recommendations there. I've been to most of them now, I've got to say. Yeah, well, it's great fun ticking them off. Amazonita is probably one of my favourites. Uh, Christchurch's own tropically inspired restaurant and bar. The decor is inspired by the Amazon, yet the culinary spirit is very Mediterranean, uh, very big into your shared plates, so you can order up goodies like mushroom and blue cheese toast, crispy squid and tentacles, why not? Twice-cooked pork belly, that is disgustingly good. Um, if you're looking for larger plates, I love Amazon Eater's seafood stew. Um, I reckon they have some of the best desserts in Christchurch as well, like cinnamon roasted pineapple with coconut tapioca custard, rum syrup, and ginger bread crumbs. Doesn't that just yeah. scream great taste? Yeah, it does. And one of my favourites is probably Botanic. Uh, I would say it's, well, it's casual, but it's contemporary. Mm. Um, they've got a great um, outside deck as well, so you can look down and, and do some great people watching, whether it's kind 
kind of the small or larger plates. They have it all. Um, one dish have a major soft spot. Well, I've got a really, I've got a massive soft spot for this place, uh, and particularly the Moroccan grilled paradise prawns. Yeah. Also, uh, the the lamb cutlets, favourite of mine. And once again, they do really lovely cocktails. Yes. Too. And yep. they look beautiful. They do. Cocktails are such a tractor beam now, aren't they? If you do good mixology, I reckon you've got a winning establishment. Um, and uh, Botanical also offer the trust, the chef, five-course degustation dining option if that's how you roll. Haven't done that, though, yet. Haven't you? No. Oh, well, push yourself, Chris. <laughs> Challenge yourself. Um, Terrace Tavern is the latest ducks adventure. Um, they do really good uh, bistro-style dining in the pub. And I also really like Fat Eddie's. It's uh, Riverside Jazz and Blues. In fact, they have live gigs most nights of the week. On mm. Fridays and Saturdays, they will probably have three or four separate acts Throughout the night. So, yeah, it's a great place to go. Once again, fantastic cocktails. I actually, last time I was there, had the Southern Hurricane, which is like a real US favourite. Southern Comfort, lime and orange, raspberry, pineapple, um, sort of hails from New Orleans from memory. And um, if you're peckish, they do really good um, casual fare. And uh, their prawn pizza is superb. Beyond the terrace, I've got to say, I probably like the likes of Cafe Valentino on yeah. Sanassif Street. It's been what, a city institution for decades, superb Italian uh, food, um, sort of a showbiz decor. It yeah. is lovely, all under the command of Michael Turner. And if you love your all-American feel like I do <laughs> and you want to go uh, and have a be, be a bit of a glutton, yes, I would say uh, Diner 66 on Victoria Street is always popular. Um, book because it's always oh, jam-packed. I've I never, know. Even when I'm driving past. Yes, same. And you think, oh, it'll be quite quiet today. It's, um, you know, 4.30 on a Tuesday. Yep. Always busy. And you know that means it's good. Yep, exactly. Okay. I've got to say, though, Mike, too, what I love, and there's so many different places to choose from here, but um, an explosion of Indian food as well, uh, post-earthquake. Yep. Um, plenty of Indian places. Now, have you noticed that around the city? They're all good, too. Really they good. They are highly competitive because, yeah, they have raised the bar so high and I think it's probably a legacy of the earthquake that we've had such a boom in the Indian community in Christchurch. Um, and up in uh, Sadhana, my apologies, Nathu, they've been a powerhouse restaurant couple in Christchurch for decades. Um, the Nathus set up the Tandoori Palace brand about 30 years ago and post-quake, They've opened two fantastic dining experiences in Christchurch. In Hereford Street, you've got Mumbai Walla, which has been inspired by Mumbai-style street food. And just over a year ago, they opened the permit room. In fact, Chris and I went to the opening of the permit room. Um, it overlooks Victoria Square. The accent is on South Indian food. It's sort of tapas style, isn't it? Yeah. Um, very much, you know, sort of share plates once again. Lots of vegetarian and seafood offerings. Uh, don't go too crazy, though, because if you eat too much, you will just start to feel so full. Oh, yes. It's very, 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 very filling, but just outstanding food. You're with Kiwi Tripsters in Christchurch. There is nothing better than this city, the Garden City, when it comes to springtime. It's just beautiful, isn't it? 
Certainly is, and Christchurch would love to play host to you this spring. Our city's revitalisation continues to evolve, something I've been enjoying watching unfold for quite some time now, but it's into the home straight, yeah. is the glittering giant of Tapai, which is the city's brand new convention centre. It will open early next year. The size of it is quite staggering, but I love how it's being softened by these herringbone tiles. Yeah, it's beautiful, actually. Yeah. 40,000 of them, and they are mimicking the braided river patterns that you may associate with Christchurch and Canterbury. So, yeah, it's um, giving uh, the convention centre a very sort of curvaceous, artful sort of finish. I'll tell you what's going to give the likes of the punting on the Avon run for its money is I'm looking forward to the Walker Tours. Mm. That's set to be launched, so to speak, on the Avon River this spring as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And uh, many of the old standards you'll associate with Christchurch, like the punting, the tram, the gondola, they have all purred back into life. If you're tra- if you're travelling with kids around a wildlife park, Willow Bank, the International Antarctic Centre, uh, they're all open. And of course, the brand spanking new saltwater hot pools at New Brighton, uh, absolutely a family pleaser. Now, beyond the the sparkle and the promise of the city's new and evolving persona, Christchurch is such a great base camp for regional exploration, I've got to say. We've got so much, so much on our doorstep, tailor-made for an amazing day trip, or perhaps day trips, haven't we? Absolutely. And I thought we'd uh, just run through some of the options in our neighbourhood. Just north of Christchurch, you've got... Hiranui and Hanmas Springs. So in Hiranui, you've got, of course, wine tasting options galore in Waipara. You've got the whimsical rock formations in the Weka Pass, lots of limestone formations. Frog Rock would be my favourite. And a place that Chris absolutely loves, the thermal spa resort of Hamna Springs. You're a big Hanma man, Chris Lynch, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, I, I think it's because it doesn't matter whether the weather is poor, whether it's a nice sunny day, whether it's cold. You can always go and get a lovely massage. That's true. At the Hamna Springs Thermal Spa Resort there, or you can just uh, do that again the next day. You know, and it, it, there's just it's a sort of place where it's a the perfect place to get away for mm. a weekend because mm. you don't feel too tired when it comes to the drive. Yeah, there, and you know if you if you've got to drive back, it's not going to take too long. So. Yeah, it's a good example of how you could do it from Christchurch as a day trip or as a side trip and have a night or two there. Uh, Just uh, a tick over two hours north of Christchurch, similarly, Kaikoura. Great day trip, great side trip. Food of the ocean, Kaikoura. It's New Zealand's leading ecotourism destination with our astounding variety of marine and bird life, whether it's your your whales um, or the seals. And that mega deep trench just off the coast is what attracts the whales, of course. I love it in spring because the Kaikoura Ranges are typically snow-clad deep into spring. So the setting is just so spectacular. You were actually in Kaikoura just a week or so ago. How were the seals? Were they behaving? They were behaving. They were being very lazy, but they're just spectacular creatures to look at. And the best place to, to catch or to look at the seals, really, not to catch the seals, but to see them, <laughs> as, better get that right, to catch a look at the seals, just yeah. five minutes south of Kaikoura yeah. is where most of them just are, are sun-drenched and lazing and, and doing nothing. But even if you don't see many seals, just the topography, the, the geology is just stunning. If you're a bit of a photographer, you are going to get some decent photos. And, and I was there, as you know, a couple of weekends ago, and my, my friend and I, we spent at least half the day 
just walking along the coastline, looking at the the sea life, taking photos, uh, even if it was overcast, it didn't matter because it was still outstanding landscape. It really is. Yeah, absolutely. So from the uh, the main town, uh, uh, just follow the Esplanade south to Kaikoura Peninsula, and then you've got that walk that Chris would have gone on, which takes you around all the seals. You can end up at South Bay, but um, it's a very easy walk and, yeah, quite dramatic. Um, you might also be interested in the southeast of the city for day trips or overnighters because Akaroa and Banks Peninsula unfurls to the southeast. It's such a playground, whether you are a history hound or you like your outdoorsy adventures or wildlife. Of course, Akaroa, ooh French heritage, is such a knockout destination, so unique in New Zealand with all of its colonial charm, the sparkling harbour, great wildlife cruises. I think it is one of New Zealand's most irresistible waterfront destinations. And of course, the cruise ship crowd rocking into Akaroa rated that cruise port as one of the best of all. It really is a heart stealer. It's because of it's just so beautiful. The surroundings yeah. are just so magical. Yeah. It really is. And don't forget to the dolphins as well. Must yes. do the dolphins. That's an absolute must. Now, you might not realise it, but how close the ski fields are to Christchurch. If you've never hit the slopes before and, you, and you're considering giving it a go, do it. The great thing about the likes of, say, Mount Hutt is that it does cater for all abilities. If you know, if you're a novice, if you're an Olympic uh, class skier like Micah's, uh, it's <laughs> just right. a, about what 100 k's away from Christchurch. Yeah. Um, you know, if you want a, a true weekend experience, you can stay in Methven. It's a great place to go. Yeah. And as I say, it caters for all abilities now. So mm. make sure you get there. They really are the all-round ski field because um, I've just been speaking to mates who have been up to Mount Hutt this season for the first time ever in their lives. And they were just so impressed by the guides who will give them, you know, the, the beginner's sort of training experience as to how to make um, the, the experience a wonderful day out. And uh, you don't have to feel like you're going to make a dick of yourself. Um, even though I have on many occasions up there, Chris, I have mm. to say. Didn't you get um, stuck on the chairlift once and just go down the other side? Oh, the first time I ever went up to Mount Hutt, I was 14. I was at St. Bede, so I was a typically irresponsible Bedean. And my mate and I decided the greatest thing to do on our school trip was to go all the way up to the, the summit of Mount Hutt First time ever we'd been there, right? Yes. And that took us all day to make our way down the mountain. But because you were so scared of actually skiing. Yeah. We'd never <laughs> skied in our lives, but we thought we'll take the chairlift right up to the top. Great views. Um, by the way, every morning when I wake up in Christchurch, I look out to see Mount Hutt. It's You're very like, lucky. It's sort of like, you know how some people will look at the moon and look at the man in the moon? Mm -hmm. I look at Mount Hutt and I just love – seeing that um, shimmering snow-clad mountain out the window. Mm. It is majestic. Um, when you're driving to work in the morning and you see snow, you yeah. know that you're in Canterbury. It's a lovely feeling. I'll give you that. It is. If you're into snowy sites, of course, beyond Mount Hutt, further into the Canterbury high country, you've got the mighty majestic Mackenzie region. So whether you want to go to Tekapo, Twizel, Pukaki, Auraki, You've got such a world of possibilities to explore. What was the highlight of your last trip to oh, the McKenzie? Can I please go stay at Lakestone Lodge again? Thank you very much. Yes. A beautiful five-star um, independent lodge, lodge mm. that's uh, off the grid, so to speak. Yeah. The hosts are wonderful. The food is delightful. Uh, the rooms are well-appointed and 
Imagine waking up every day. If you do spend more than a night there and you look over and you see Lake Bikaki and Mount Cook. I mean, it's just like something out of a movie. And even when I just took one photo and people said to me, where on earth is this? This, this looks like it's something out of a National Geographic magazine. It did. And <laughs> it's like, imagine, it's like that every day. It yeah. really is. I yeah. just, I miss it. I miss it. But then, of course, you've also got um, so many different options now. And to be fair, a lot of the the aircraft companies, they've put their prices down dramatically. Yes. So if you've ever considered something that I've always wanted to do, and I'm, luck, I'm lucky enough to have done it now, if you've been considering going looking at the glaciers, um, particularly the Tasman Glacier, which is just out of this world spectacular, yep. a lot of the airline companies and helicopter companies, they've put their prices down dramatically they have. as we continue with this um, COVID-19 situation. And- you know, it's as you said to me, it's a life-changing experience, and it is. Air safaris, the Grand Traverse, mm-hmm. I think that would be the f- my favourite aerial trip of my life uh, from Tekapo. Just incredible. Also, of course, from Christchurch, you can make your way over to the West Coast. So many high country walking tracks around Arthur's Pass um, before you head further over the Southern Alps to the West Coast. In fact, you did the Devil's Punch Bowl earlier this month, Chris. Would you recommend it? Absolutely. Yeah. Overcast day, but it didn't matter. You know how sometimes if you go for a walk, it has to be a blue sky day to really feel like you're enjoying it. It didn't matter because the scenery is so spectacular. could still see uh, part of the snowing mountains. takes about 45 minutes to actually get to the lookout point. A lot of steers, but because you know it's only 45 minutes, uh, you, f- you seem to forget, well, I forgot about the pain. I'm not exactly the fittest person at the moment, but 45 minutes, a lot of steep steers. But once you get to that lookout point and see the beautiful waterfall, it is worth it. It really is. Fantastic. And the best thing is, it's free. Yes. There are so many beautiful walkways around the Arthur's Pass area. Yeah. You know, you don't have to pay. It's very true. Of course, um, Another option of going through Arthur's Pass to the West Coast is to take the spectacular Trans-Alpine train, which is proving so popular. At last report, I heard it had been booked out until September. late September. So yeah. I tried to get a booking there myself thinking this is going to be easy. No yeah. one's doing these types of things. But thankfully, it looks like a lot of Christchurch people are supporting the local South Island economy. Mm. It was booked out for most weekends up until September. In fact, a lot of the um, hotels are now, particularly on a weekend. So if you're thinking about that trip away and want to get away and thinking, oh, I can just make a booking for tomorrow, always check first because I got caught out and couldn't go. I couldn't go on the Transalpine because it was booked out till September. Yeah. So mm-hmm. definitely you'll need to book that one in advance. But uh, if you are planning a spring break, the mainland has the welcome mat out waiting for you. Make a Christchurch your base camp. Explore our city on your own urban safari and be sure to take the chance to broaden your horizons by tapping into some of the world-class destinations and yeah. regional experiences clustered around Christchurch. And actually, if you do do all this, you start to actually appreciate your own surroundings and it's actually, it is actually good for your mental health. And I say that sincerely, you'll start to appreciate where we live. Tell you what, a good website to go to that's got all this information, including highlights and, and good Instagram posts and places where to go is probably the likes of ChristchurchNZ.com. That's ChristchurchNZ.com. It's got great information from day trips to uh, various places to go to, good eateries. It's got everything. It is. It's a very authoritative regional website, yep. not just for the city, but the wider region as mm. well. ChristchurchNZ.com. Thank you so much for joining us. Be sure to like our Facebook page. Our show notes are available on the website, kiwitripsters.com. 
www.co.nz. Plus, you better rate us as well. Rate us. Yes. Rate us. Only if you're going to give us five stars, of course. And review it on uh, Kiwi Tripsters on the podcast service, of course, of your choice. So we hope to catch you again in about two weeks' time for another fresh episode. And that's a wrap for this episode of Kiwi Tripsters. Liked what you listened to? Then join us for our next episode of Kiwi Tripsters, where we bring you more travel inspiration, giveaways, and insider knowledge with expert guests on the show. Connect with us on Facebook and Instagram, and visit us on kiwitripsters.co.nz. But most importantly, subscribe and comment on Apple Podcasts, and tell us what you think of our show. Till next time, safe travels. Safe travels.